Welcome everybody to episode 60 of Door Tunes. Um, would like to uh, welcome you all in these very strange times. And uh, this week we are honoured to have our very first second interviewee. Um, who could we be chatting to? Well, ladies and gents and everyone else, um, I'd like to say welcome to Gareth, Gareth Coker. Hi everyone, uh, that's actually news to me. I didn't realise I was the first second interviewee, so uh, it's great to be it's great to be asked <laughs> back. Surprise! Um, yep, I am the composer for Ori and the Blind Forest, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Ark Survival Evolved, and numerous other titles. Yeah, yeah, you've got quite a few now under your belt. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, things things kind of exploded in the last uh, in the last five years. Oh, I I missed out Minecraft as well. I guess I guess that's a small title. I should add to the add to the, add to the <laughs> just list. a teeny tiny one. Um, so uh, yeah, things have been things have been going really well the last five years, and it just it just keeps on coming. So, but, I, but I'm definitely not complaining. Good. good, good. So I think one of the main things that we are going to talk about today is definitely. The elephant in the room, Ori. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think um, for those who don't know, um, Gareth was really kind enough uh, last year to extend the invitation for me to go down to Air Studios in London, um, where he was doing the recording for Ori um, back in December. So um, I toddled on down uh, very, very early in the morning. Um, I left like pre-6 a.m., and then I got home at about mm, 11 that evening. So it was a long day for me and it was a long day for you. But um, certainly from my side, it was probably the best day of my life. Um, it was beautiful to see and to stand in that space and be in the space where it was all created and recorded and you could see the musicians you could you know you could chat with them uh, at lunchtime and you know on breaks and things and being able to stand in the room while they're you know doing their thing and you're doing your thing in the booth that was something i'll never ever forget and it was so so special so thank you for that oh you're welcome no problem um one of the things i was going to ask you about certainly the difference between ori and uh will of the wisps one and two um is did you was there any difference in how you approached scoring them the the biggest um the biggest difference between the two is is probably just the scope of the game um but ultimately yeah. the game itself is really uh an extension of blind forest um we didn't want mm -hmm. to we didn't want to make a game that was simply uh, a very quick rehash sequel. One of the reasons that it took so long to develop is because we rebuilt the game from the ground up. Um, whether it be art taking a inward look at themselves and seeing, you know, how can we how can we make one of the best looking games ever made, which was Ori in the Blind Forest, especially if you especially in the two D space. Um, how can we make that look even better? It's the same for every department: animation, sound, music. Um, so you got that side of it, um, but then there's the fact, simple fact, that the game is bigger. Um, there's a ton more environments, yeah. um, and there mm -hmm. are a ton more characters. Um, one of the main things about the first game is that you don't spend much time interacting with the secondary characters, um, whereas uh, in this one, uh, in this one you do. We have more of the spider. Mm -hmm. You have Quolock uh, um, the toad. Um, or frog. There's a big debate mm -hmm. online happening right now whether Quolock is a toad <laughs> or a frog, which is very amusing. Uh, you have Shriek, the main <laughs> antagonist. Uh, Shriek's. Uh, Shriek's. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say exactly what she is because there are some people who might not still have played it. Um, yeah. So they're just a ton. They're just a ton more characters, which means more themes, but also the greater number of environments means more places mm -hmm. to uh, that that need the picture painted with music as well because one of the big things about Ori is the synergy between the visuals and the music um, mm. so um, I think also uh, as the story is a is a continuation from the first game uh, I think the score 
itself is a little bit different fundamentally in tone from the first game. If we call the first one mm-hmm. um, naive and charming, I think this one is a, a bit more mature, and it reflects uh, mm. both the fact that Ori uh, has grown up, <laughs> uh, and also some of the uh, some of the issues as part of the storyline of the game is a little bit it's a little bit heavier in tone. Um, but also, as I'd like to say, uh, I I think. Um, the last um, the last month or two has made me realize that it wasn't just Ori that was growing up, growing up. Uh, it was also the studio growing up as a team, the team the team that made the game, uh, and also me growing up as a composer. I'm in a very different place now to where I was when I wrote the soundtrack for Ori in the Blind Forest, and I think uh, I think you can kind of hear that in the music, but it's okay because Ori's grown up too. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you find? Did you think that? Did you feel, sorry, there was any additional pressure given how critically acclaimed RE1 was? Um, I think, you know, obviously we weren't, we're obviously aware of the expectations. Um, mm. But I think if you start worrying about pressure, then you're already, you're already doing the wrong thing. Like, you can't control what the, can't control what the outside forces uh, are, are going to think and do. Um, though, you know, it does, <laughs> it does amuse me. When people, it is a compliment, and I get it. But it, when people write on YouTube on like one of the trailers or something, um, oh, uh, Gareth Coke is doing the music, therefore the music will be great. And I'm like, well, I don't know because I haven't written it yet. This is like back in 2017. Um, so it's like, okay, well, well, thanks for the vote of confidence, but like it doesn't exist yet, and I don't know. I do not pay attention to. Um, uh, to the mm-hmm. comments too much. It's ni- they're nice to read, of course, um, but uh, regardless of that, <clears throat> you can't really please everyone because there, there's. I think there were some people who would probably want the exact same thing as as Blind Forest in the second game. They probably just wanted more yeah. of that, and that's fine. I totally get it. Um, but I think if you go into this game without any uh, preconceived preconceived expectations. Uh, you'll have a much a much better time, um, and I think I think now that a lot of people have finished the game uh, and they've made that adjustment, mm-hmm. they are able to appreciate the game for what it is. Um, but I think yeah, I think maybe maybe more people than we expected were probably wanting the game and and the soundtrack to be just simply uh, a replica of the first game with a new coat of paint. But actually it's, it's, it is so much more than that. And that, that is why it took so long. Uh, Cause it's not just a simple, it's not just a simple rehash. Um, and I think we chose to go mm. that direction partly, <laughs> partly because of the, maybe because of the pressure that you're talking about. Um, because I think we really wanted to deliver something special as opposed to something that we could, we could do relatively quickly so that's why things got built rebuilt from the ground up
Um, certainly one of the things I noticed when I came down for the day um, was when you're in the in the session in, when you're in the room um, with you and you're at the at the desk um, you're changing things a lot all of the time yep. you're changing notes here and there and things like that is that something that happens kind of like all the time with your recordings that happens all the time in any recording i mean th there are there are plans <laughs> and then you get to the recording and uh and what you might have expected to hear in your head isn't actually the you know isn't actually what come comes out it's usually very close um but there are some things you hear and you're like oh that's actually not quite right um and a lot of the changes you were there a lot of the changes happen really quickly they're very simple but actually yeah. a very simple instruction can make all the difference you know sometimes it's just like oh, we need the violins to play a bit louder in a certain certain part of the piece mm -hmm. just to give that more impact and that you know that takes five seconds to deliver um but you know 10 of those uh and you've you know you've uh, a couple of minutes are gone um and recording time is limited so you try to you try to avoid mm -hmm. that as much as possible um but yeah uh making changes is, is absolutely fine it, it you know it used to used to scare me but one of the great things about having done so much work in the last four to five years and so many recordings is um i now have the experience to to deal with any issue that might come up and if i don't spot it then jake the engineer might spot it or zach and david yeah. or my orchestrators might spot it because they were all there as well so between between all the people who have who have stakes in the who stakes in the production of the music if we between us we don't spot something it's probably doesn't need mm -hmm. to be fixed uh so um yeah. yeah i'm i'm lucky to have uh, a really amazing team that helped me get this over the team. line because it was so it was so much work it would be impossible for one person to do it's really strange because seeing the game now and seeing as as I saw only a few months ago, it's completely changed, you know, and it's amazing what Moon Studios have done with that, you know. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I was going to say is, you know, with your, obviously you've scored for Minecraft and you kind of went down the kind of Greek kind of mythology route with the music and that's the kind of direction you want to go with that. Mm. Was there one similar with that with, with Ari? Uh, sorry. Did you what, kind of think I want to go down particular. Um, what do you mean? Um, like you kind of you went with kind of Greek sounding instruments yep. and stuff for Minecraft. So was that a kind of was there a similar decision with Ari? Um, what in in terms of in terms of instruments? I Sound mean, and oh right, okay. Um, yeah, the um, I mean the choice of instruments is usually dictated by what i'm seeing uh when i score the game mm -hmm. so the way the way i score this game uh is i grab uh the latest build and see what's available that has artwork in it um then i record a video of myself playing the game within that environment so i'll record uh, i'll record mm -hmm. gameplay of the luma pools or bowers reach or inkwater marsh and they all have different visual themes um Recording gameplay, first of all, allows me to kind of get in the zone for, for that piece. But I, then I put the video into the into my music software and I simply write to the video until I until I find sounds that I feel work with what I'm seeing. Um, there isn't really a methodology to it. I just keep going until until a palette starts to come together. Um, but one of you know one of the most common things in a game that is set in another forest pretty much is there's a heavy use of woodwind um the woodwind player who did almost all of the solos um on this soundtrack not just the not just the classical instrument solos but also the uh the world woodwind solos uh Kristen Nagus she she played 21 different instruments on the soundtrack um oboe english yeah. horn various tin whistles uh tin whistles recorders uh bansuri crystal flute a thing that i didn't even know existed um there's a bunch of there's yeah, just, there's just so many so many instruments um and she's, so that's like a place to start something else yes she's she's, she's amazing she is a she's an absolute monster um and yeah i um i feel like she's kind of a secret weapon she's also very useful at the beginning of a project because uh mm -hmm. 
obviously at the beginning I don't have access to full orchestra, but having access to one musician to just quickly play solos can really bring an early a piece that's early in development to life, and it can help sell the music to the rest of the team who might not be used to hearing uh, hearing digital versions of the, the digital versions of the tracks. They're only mm-hmm. used to hearing the final product, so it can help sell the music before like the live orchestra goes in. Um, so yeah, woodwind is a heavy feature. Um, I think I think the other main thing that is kind of almost in every track is the use of bells. But just calling them bells is a is is just a, such a large large term. Um, there's a lot of very specific tonal percussion instruments, uh, whether it's gamelan, vibraphone, mm-hmm. marimba, xylophone, uh, anything anything that's percussive and that can be hit but makes an appealing sound when hit is uh, something that really fits the world of Ori very well. And you'll kind of always hear a pitter-patter of sounds um, throughout the track. A a good example of this is the track Mm. in Wonderment of Winter, which is a track that actually combines Kristen's wind playing with these bell sounds, uh, an absolute plethora of bell sounds uh, that all combine uh, together to make something that I think is a a pretty unique texture. but that like constant pitter patter is something that you'll hear in in almost every track because Ori is a platforming game, and in a platforming game you are constantly moving, and that constant pulse in the music is is there for a reason. It's it's a subtle thing that is designed to encourage the player to keep moving forward. You're rarely static in Ori. You're rarely waiting for anything to happen. Yeah. You're always I think you succeed in Ori when you are aggressive moving forward. Yeah, I think for me one of the Obviously, I won't spoil it for anybody who has not played it, but there's a track on the soundtrack um, called Sanctuary in the Glades. Uh, That just blows me away. That actually... I was talking to Joe from The Flight recently, and he talked about um, getting upset, and not in a bad way, but like crying at pieces of music that are just so beautiful. Um, Because he does that a lot, and I definitely do it all the time. You know, I've I've cried at pieces by Jessica. I've cried at pieces by Austin. I, I cry at that particular piece um, all the time. Um, it's just something about it. It's just so warm. And where you play it in the game is that one moment where you actually get to be static for not very long. But it is that. It's funny. It's funny you pick, to enjoy it. It's funny you pick that up because um, Sanctuary in the Glades. It is literally the only place in the game where you can spend time and you're actually safe. There's no monsters because it is. It's basically your home in in the game. So you arrive there and there's not too much going on, but gradually you can collect resources no. to help you build up that area, and then more characters from the forest who you do meet join you in in this uh, in this sanctuary. Um, so it's a place that is, um, it's a place that is, you know, you, you can spend a lot of time and the music has to sound, uh, it has to, well, first of all, it has to sound, it has to sound good cause you might be listening to it a lot, but also, um, it has to, it has to sound, it has to sound inviting. Um, but what that means is that to different people can be an entirely different thing. So I just wanted to make something um with that track that was um that was just listenable and had a and had also had a strong melody the melody is is very simple there um but i think for me yeah um for me when listen to it it's kind of very it's really warm it's quite Mm -hmm. wistful um and it's perfect kind of for this time of year here where it's beautiful and sunny the the light scheme in this area is basically a mix of yellows and greens. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've even even though you haven't played the game, you basically described the area um, without having played the game. So I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back for that because it means I think I did my job. So, <laughs> but that but that's what I mean, right? Like that's that's like that's the really big thing about Ori is that the music that is one of the unique things about Ori it's not just like the music is great by itself or the visuals are great by its, by themselves it's how they combine uh, the two absolutely mm. need to go hand in hand otherwise the experience doesn't work <laughs>
And just with the music, there's 60 songs <laughs> right. that you've put on the album, yep. which is over three hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's insane an amount of work for one man to do. <laughs> How did you write all that? Well, yeah, the, the funny thing about that is, is that there's about 30 minutes of music that didn't make the soundtrack. So uh, there's even more that, um, that, is, that isn't on there. Uh, but the re that's, first of all, the reason that that stuff got cut is because it's not part of the, the Golden Path narrative. Um, but those 60 tracks is... Uh, is a reflection of exactly what the player will experience during a complete playthrough of the game. So if you play the game, mm -hmm. you will hear all of those tracks. There is no doubt. So I felt when putting together oh, yeah. the soundtrack that I'm like, well, if uh, if that's what the player hears, then I'm going to get complaints if certain things aren't included. So I can't really cut anything out <laughs> of the story uh, in the music. One of the hardest mm -hmm. things I've had to do recently is cut down the soundtrack for the vinyl release because we're doing two LPs so I had to cut down yes. the soundtrack from 180 minutes to 80 minutes so it's like yeah just cut 100 minutes of music for the for the vinyl <laughs> release which was not easy but but I have managed to do it and it does still kind of reflect the main beats of the story so I, I, I was just about able to make it work as for the amount of work cool. Um, I mean, you have to remember that I'm on the game for a long time. Like I've been, um, I've been, mm -hmm. I've been part of Moon Studios since 2012, and we started work on Ori 2 uh, properly at the beginning of 2017. Um, so, um, the the, the, the one of the one of the advantages of that is I understand the game fully, even if I'm not working on it full time in like 2017, 2018. I know exactly what I'm going to do when it time when it comes time to press the accelerate button and really start like getting the music quickly into the game. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's it, it it is a lot of work without doubt. But it, it, the other thing is, I felt the game needed it. One of the things I wanted to avoid um, this time around is having music be too samey. Um, within each environment so partly in blind forest when you when you progress through an environment the music changes uh, as you work as you work through um, we've done that to an even greater level this time around and that's why there's a lot more tracks on the album because within in each environment you might have between three to five pieces of music playing as opposed to the first game where it might just be one one to three um so just as a simple example, when you start off the main game, a track separated by the storm plays, uh, and that mm. is based on a story moment that just uh, at the end of the prologue, uh, where Ori, this isn't really, uh, this isn't really a spoiler because it's at the beginning of the game, so I don't feel too bad. Um, yeah. So so Ori and Ku go flying together, um, and then they get split up at the end of the prologue because uh, something bad happens, um, and then the beginning of the game is Ori has to find Ku the owl, um, and that that's the start of the game, and a pretty sad, sorrowful melody plays um, throughout this early part of the game. Later on, in this same environment, you pick up the sword, and once you've picked up the sword, the same melody plays, because you're in the same environment, but a much more optimistic accompaniment to that melody plays instead. And that, first of all, just reinforces that you have you have a friggin' sword, man. That's pretty cool. Um, it tells you know it, it tells the player subconsciously, you know, go use it. It's a, there's a bit more momentum in the music. But like that, like subtle shift emotionally also helps push the player forward. Now, some players might get to this moment in like you know six to seven minutes, but some might get there in you know fifteen to sixteen minutes. Um, and that's the, the reason why there's more tracks is because we just wanted to make sure that there are these subtle changes in the music throughout the score. It's not just like a rearrangement of an existing track. It is a brand new recording, um, and that's that's why there is so much music because we're not just using. We're not just breaking down a previous track and doing a quick edit in post-production to make a new piece of music. It really is a new recording, a new performance. And I think I think that's one of the things, if you, if you listen to the soundtrack, you'll really hopefully feel the journey that Ori is taking in the music. And that's, kind of, that, that's just kind of a reflection of what's happening in the game. Hmm. Out of interest, do you have a favorite track? 
um it, it's funny uh this just got asked um on twitter recently by the actual official ori account and i weighed in they were just act- they actually meant to they were meant to it was really kind of for fans but i was like ah oh, you know what i'll respond i mean i guess i wrote it right so um <laughs> It's kind of like you know. It's kind of like I don't I don't have children, but like it's like you know choose one of one of sixty. Uh, but I, I'm just gonna say it's the end. Yeah. It's the end because um, okay. I I am very very proud of the ending we created for this game. It is not it yes. is not. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything about it other than it has no. caused debate, um, and that it makes me happy because it means we just didn't go with like the safe ending. Um, I think mm. um, some people some people have needed to go online to help process what they uh, what happens in the end of the game, and I think that's really cool. But when, the first time I saw the ending, I looked at it and I was like, "Oh man, this is actually going to be pretty easy for me." Because I I looked at it mm. and I'm like, "I know what to do. This is just all about the execution." Because because it, it's such a beautiful ending, and I was like, basically, my job here is to not screw it up. Um, so. Um, I just looked and I, I knew what to do and there weren't any... I, I have to admit, I was dreading writing the end of the game um, because endings are just really hard. It was the same on the first one. I was terrified about doing the ending. Yeah. Endings scare me. Um, but uh, <laughs> this one, I was like, huh, okay. Um, and really the ending is uh, the last cube, the last cube, Ori Embracing the Light, is an opportunity to bring themes from this game and the very first game all together to together. wrap things up in the story in the way it does. I've done a good job of answering that without spoiling anything. Um, <laughs> you so, really have, because um, I have seen things myself. <laughs> right, yes, yes, exactly. In the day. Um, um, I think for me, I've got a couple that yep. st- standouts. Obviously, the one we spoke about, yep. um, Escaping a Fell Presence. Yep. And Mora, I think, because I think for me, I was I was in the recording for the latter half of the of the kind of story. You were also there so on the day I've... with the full orchestra when you were recording uh, a lot of the big stuff. You because you referenced escaping the foul presence, yeah. which is a chase scene, and Moira uh, Moira mm-hmm. Spider is uh, probably gauging from what I've read online, probably our most popular boss fight. Um, so yeah. basically, we can conclude that Pete just likes the Pete likes the action stuff um, on the on the <laughs> soundtrack. Uh, but it does help. It does help. I get it. Like you were there, so you saw like how the thing. Yeah. How you you saw how the sausage got made put in together this case. And, and I heard the whole. And it was. It, it's completely different when you're standing in the room, barely breathing, mind you, squeezed yep. against the door listen to the orchestra doing the thing that was one of the things that blew me away Mm -hmm. it was just so special yeah Um, when when you're in the room um because obviously you're not hearing the backing tracks and like all of the other stuff that's going together you're literally just hearing the raw sound and in that room in particular where the reverb is something crazy like seven to eight seconds um the orchestra plays a chord and then you just hear it die away and it's like the most crazy beautiful sound ever um and on the spider track um i've never really written something quite like that before uh, so i wasn't quite that was mm. actually one of the ones that took the longest to prepare in orchestration because i just wasn't wasn't quite sure like how things would t- turn out obviously it turned out pretty great but um uh yeah that one <laughs> yeah. that one was that one was like that one there are certain pieces of music when you go to recording that you put like a red star by because because they're potential problem tracks um and actually that one went pretty mm-hmm. well um and yeah it was great fun to record i could tell the players were having fun playing it because it's quite a challenging piece to play um and and i'll be honest most film music is actually fairly straightforward for musicians to play film or game music it's you know there's a lot of Mm. there's a lot of slow soft pads and it is you know you've got to put emotion into all of those notes but in terms of like technical difficulty it's not there's not too much happening it's more just about can they get the feeling of the music but this one was a combination mm-hmm. of like you've got to get the right feel the right like level of terror because Ori's fighting a giant spider but also there's a technical aspect to it which makes the piece a little tricky to play um one of the coolest things about 
not just the spider but also the other boss tracks that we were able to do in this game because we had the technical support to do it we're able to divide the boss fights up into multiple phases and everyone's favorite moment in the boss fight from with mora from from what i've seen um is the shift at about four minutes into the into the track Mm. so the way the boss fights work is you have the the intro that's just that's just like a watching a cutscene that intros the the boss then you have phase one of the music which basically plays all the way up until you've um damaged mora up to 50 percent up to 50 percent of its health Uh, and then there's a transitional piece um, that triggers as soon as you've gotten to that point, and that transitional piece takes you into um, the next phase of music, uh, the next phase of the boss fight, um, because because obviously the, the, if there's a transition in the music, it means there's a transition happening in gameplay. Um, and the next phase of the boss fight, it's not all like oh my god, there's a spider and it's terrifying. Because you're halfway through, the music shifts to something more optimistic and positive, and it's like a yes, you can do it. Yes, you can beat Mori. Yes, you've got a chance of winning. Because um, I felt that staying in the same place for too long in the boss fight music might just like wear down the player because some of the boss fights are quite difficult. But that shift halfway through, mm-hmm. um, again, it's all about the subtle things that keep a player wanting to play. That shift halfway through. Um, it's designed to continue in a small way to motivate the player to, to finish the fight. Um, and that's something I'm very happy that got, has, has been picked up by uh, people playing the game. Um, so I'm glad we were able to do it. It's not easy dividing like a big piece of music up into like multiple chunks. Um, Cause obviously once you finish the fight, it's got to transition seamlessly into the outro as well. So um, each, so more of the, <laughs> so spi- no pressure. more of the spider on the soundtrack is made up of five different cues that are stitched together exactly as as you would hear them in the game. It's the same for uh, Quolox Malaise, which is the fight with uh, the frog toad. I'm not going to reveal which one it is because it's it's an amusing debate <laughs> to me. Um, and it's the same with uh, Shriek and Ori, which is the final boss fight of the game. Uh, so, um, yeah, that was kind of cool to be able to put those together.
one of the things I noticed on the day as well um, was the feedback that the um, players in the room could felt they could do. So I remember was one guy stood up and he said to reach a particular note was really really difficult for them for them to sustain it and stuff. Yeah. So you just changed it on the fly. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> You know, any composer who claims that they know best for the uh, for the instrument, uh, it's maybe they do. But like, if a player is suggesting something, who am I to question uh, someone who's playing in one of London's best orchestras? Um, who am I to question mm -hmm. their expertise? They've probably been playing their instrument since like they were five years old or something. Um, so you, we really the idea is is that the players are encouraged to make suggestions where appropriate and if it's wrong then you know if i don't agree then i'll just say no don't do it but uh in this case um yeah it was a really low note on the, the I, I remember the i remember the, what you were talking about i mean this case it was a really low yeah. note on the trombone and i was like well let's just, just play it up the octave and actually made you know gave things more clarity and punch so um yeah that's just a, that's a, that is an example of things where you you put it on the page and you're like yeah it'll probably be okay but like and and he could have done it how it was originally written but this was a case of like it'll just mm -hmm. be that little you know 0.5 percent better now when you have 10 things that make the piece 0.5 percent better then you've made a five percent improvement like so so that's it's kind of like you're looking for lots of those small little cumulative changes um so so yeah that's um take getting the players feedback um and their input um, is is really important, and that, that's why like there are leaders for every section because if everyone's like sticking their arm up, uh, then it just becomes messy. So what happens is is you know, players report to the leaders like what they want changed, and then the leader gets the conductor's attention. The request is made to the conductor, and it's relayed to me in the control room um, as well. And then that kind of like chain of communication keeps things moving fairly quickly because otherwise it can descend into chaos if everyone's you know throwing throwing their input in because uh, often what will happen is a player might make a suggestion to the leader and the leader will actually shut it down um so um or recommend it mm -hmm. um so even before it gets to the conductor or me um, the idea has been discussed already at the player level um, and players all the time are like making little subtle things that they, you know, that they kind of know will improve the music. Even you know, if, if it's just a small phrasing thing, or just searching for clarity, like how how short is a short note? That is something that often comes up in recording because one man's short can be another man's. This is slightly too long um, because there's different ways on the violin, for example, for like making something sound really, really short and just short um so it's like finding it's just like finding stuff out like that that i don't obsess about it because you can just you can just waste a lot of time uh, i'm usually just like well let's try it out play me the play me the really really short one and then play me the short mm -hmm. one and i only need five seconds to determine like which one is better and it's like okay we'll just do we'll just do the short one and oh. then they uh, and then we just move on yeah. um so it, it is uh the, the times with the orchestra that work really well are when it's like a truly collaborative effort between the composer, the engineer, and all of the uh, the conductor and all of the musicians, um, as opposed to just and the composer. Uh, sorry, let yeah. me just finish the. As opposed to just the composer yep. and conductor, like turning up and telling them, dictating to them mm. what they should be doing. And certainly as an outsider on the day i saw that that it was very collaborative between all everybody mm -hmm. you know and that was i was blown away by that um but now that the, the obviously ori is out you know um and the dust has settled a little bit um i'm gonna ask you a question yep are you happy are you happy with it yes um it's uh I think at the time, uh, it's not some. Of, it's not one of those things. I was so deep into this game; um, it was not something I could evaluate properly. Um, in in the heat of the moment, um, I'm generally not someone who likes listening to my own music after I finished it. Like after I finished it, it's done. It's in the can. It's like time to move on. Um, but the the part that I like the most uh, and tells me actually communicates to me that we did a good job and uh um and helps me enjoy not just my own work but the work that the team created 
um, is seeing all the reactions online, um, all the YouTube videos, all the Twitch streams, uh, people crying where we hoped they would cry, people crying where we didn't expect them to cry. Um, so it's 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 funny. Like there's there's yeah. some there's a couple of side quests in the game which really resonated with some people. Um, so so that was that was kind of unexpected because um, you, you know you plan for things to happen and then always some unplanned unplanned things happen. Um, all I can say is is that as a body of work, it is the best reflection of where I'm at in 2020. Um, but um, yeah, so I don't it, you know whatever happens in the future. Like this is you know this is obviously a chapter that's now that's now closed. Um, but I'm I am very happy with. Uh, with how the chapter how the chapter ended um it was yeah. i'm not gonna lie it was a difficult production because the game it's well known that the game was delayed two or three times um yeah uh, so that was a little bit frustrating because one could never really make solid plans um but at the end of the day we were able to ship a game i think we we ship a game that like a lot of people were, were happy with i think we were probably a little a little fortunate that the lockdown happened pretty much around the same time as the game came out. I think we had way, way more eyeballs on this game uh, because people were already starting to spend time at home. Um, and I know for a fact now that the, 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 the game sales have been really, really, really strong. Uh, so that's cool. Obviously, it's Good. been a critical success. Um, I think the game score is 90 on metacritic so that's pretty nice yeah. um so yeah um it was it, it was definitely a tough and project I... writing three hours of music is no joke um so no. uh but yeah no. um no. but it also three i mean I, it got to it, it got to i i got to uh i got to record at air um which was a bucket list thing for me i've always wanted to record at that studio um but it had to be yeah, it had beautiful. to be the right project um so um, a lot of things checked off the box, um, and ultimately, I, I mentioned the ending um, of of the mm -hmm. the game. Like uh, that that moment, um, without doubt, whether it's in ten years or fifty years time, the the ending of this game um, will be it. I, for, for me, it matches the quality of the very opening of Ori in the Blind Forest, um, which you know the opening prologue, which kind of got everyone's attention i think the ending has that level of power arguably more so if you've played the first game and that's that's like the thing i'm probably always going to remember from this from this project because partially because i was so worried about it and actually i don't think we could have executed it any better
So, obviously, you, I know composers, you know, you never take breaks. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're, can you talk about what you're doing now or what's coming out? Or I, I'm afraid I can't. I, it's funny because, like, I've actually realized that the, the, the projects I'm working on now, like, are all under pretty heavy NDAs. Um, both, NDAs, both, yeah. both projects I'm working on actually have been publicly announced um, but I can't mm-hmm. announce my involvement uh, with them just yet. Um, I think that's coming fairly soon, although fairly soon uh, meant something entirely different in January as opposed to now because the world's shut down. So it might not be quite as fairly fairly soon. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got I've got plenty going on. Um, all all I can say uh, I, I can say this: one of them's a brand new IP, and the other is mm. a uh, it's is a massive existing IP. Um, that's as that is as yeah. much as I can say. Um, so. It's kind of I I I do enjoy um, I do enjoy creating new IP. I did it with I did it with Ori. I did it with Arc, um, and I'm doing it with this. Um, it's kind of fun to like build something up from the from the very ground up with music and try and forge an identity for it. Yeah. Uh, but this other pre-existing IP, um, it's it's I, I I got offered it, and it's just not something I could say no to. So um, so that's yeah, kind of definitely. where we're at. <laughs> Well, we'll all look forward to hearing what they are soon. Yep. <laughs> you know, whatever soon means these days, as you said. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna finish there. I think yep. it's a nice place to finish. But I'd really like to again extend my thanks, particularly for um, December. Um, oh, that's on a personal level because that was one of my life ambitions, and to have it to do it with Ari was really really special oh my pleasure I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad I, well I know you enjoyed your day because I could see it um so I'm glad you had a, I'm glad you had a good time and hopefully it's not the last time you get to see her it's a good get to get to see a recording so. hopefully not yeah and it was lovely to meet your mum and dad too <laughs> yes that was a bonus yep um yeah I if I ever I'm recording in England uh they always they always get an invite uh and they were there. They were there so often. At the, um, they they had their own table in the canteen by the end of the week. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, reserved for reserved for the the clients. Uh, mum and dad. Mum and mum and dad. Yes. So that that. But it was it was nice to see them there because I don't get to see them too often. So uh, it was kind of fun to take yeah, them to work. I imagine. So one last question is: Are you going to take a break? Uh, I kind of have, have taken a break, like actually for the last month. I mean, it's partially been enforced by the coronavirus. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah um, I've actually finally been diving into uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, um, which I could not get into at the beginning um, because it's the pacing of the game, especially at the beginning, is quite slow. But because I've had time to deal with that, I'm now understanding exactly what people like about the game. Um, and, uh, and actually... The approach to how music works in Red Dead Redemption 2 is kind of informing some of my choices for another title I'm working on. So, um, see, this is the great thing about being a composer. I can say, I can say, any game that I play, I'm just doing my research, right? So I'm, I'm technically working. So, so you could argue I'm not taking a break, um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's been nice to like switch the creative side off for, uh, for a long, longish period of time and not be like going, going at 100 Good. miles an hour. Um, so. Um, yeah, I have um, well, I have been taking it easy. Good. Well, I think the most important thing is just to look after you and yours. Yep. Agreed. Definitely. Um, but yes, but thank you. Thank you again for being on the show for yep. the second time. First person ever. Yep. So um, you'll always have that. So good luck with everything. Right. And um, we'll hopefully speak to you soon. Cheers. But thank you. Thank you. So guys, that's the end of episode 60. So we've got episode 61 coming up, and that will be with Jamie. Um, I already know who he's going to be talking to, but I'll let him tell you. So um, we will see you soon. All right, and take care and look after yourselves. (laughs) 